0: How do we get started with great marketing? That's a question that plagues businesses and entrepreneurs all over the world at various stages of their life. But the consistent way to get to that answer lies with our customers and by having a deep understanding of who we're targeting and why. Hello again, Blythe Brimley with digitaldispatch.io here. And the buyer persona has plagued me for years. It's one of those things that I want to create, I genuinely do, but the traditional way that we were taught by the inbound marketing gods never really did anything for me. That was until I started thinking about buyer personas as jobs to be done and not some stressed Sally pet name that we're kind of taught to give them. This is why bringing in our next guest is so timely, because if you haven't started thinking about some loose plans for 2022, I'd suggest starting with this episode because Adrienne Barnes, founder of Best Buyer Personas, is going to help us understand the customer a hell of a lot better. She's teaching us about the mistakes folks like you and I make when it comes to this important part of our research process and will absolutely help to shape those 2022 marketing plans. I can't believe we're actually talking about 2022 right now, but here we are, and I hope y'all enjoy. Thank you. How are you? And and Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Yes, I'm great. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, now you have an extensive career with creating content for companies like Stripe, Monday.com, Headspin. How did you find yourself writing for these big companies?
1: Yeah, so I started off as a freelance writer. Um, when I very first began my career. um, And really, it was just a matter of making good friends, making other friends who were content marketers, who were uh, copywriters, who um, had different parts of the the job that needed to be done, essentially different marketers and doing great work once and then kind of letting people know, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And those great friends introduced me to really great clients.
0: And so, from working with those clients, I from reading your bio, I, I understand that you you were working with these great clients, and you were getting frustrated because they didn't know how to target their not ne- maybe not necessarily these companies, but other people that you've worked with, and, and it was frustrating for them because they didn't know how to reach their target buyers. And that's what it was sort of the light bulb moment to start up the the, the best buyer persona. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I started, you know, as a writer, um, previous English teacher in my, in my past life, uh, I was an English major. So the, the first question that you ask is, well, who, who's your audience? Who am I writing to? Um, and most of the time the answers were pretty vague, um, or they'd hand me a buyer persona and the, the comment would be like, well, we never use this. We never look at it. But here, if you're interested, if this is what you want to <laughs> see, um, or it would be just like, well, you know, it's, it's mid-level marketers or it's a, it's the C-suite. So go right to that. Um, and very general pain points, you know, something that you could just kind of Google what, what are some major executives pain points? Um, that's mm-hmm. about all they would know. It wasn't very specific to their audience or their pain points. And so after hearing that, you know, through, you know, a few dozen companies and clients and freelance clients that I was working with, I was like, this is a problem. This is an issue. So we need to actually create something that will inform not just marketing, but can then turn around and inform because I work with B2B SaaS. So we want to inform product and customer success and customer service and, um, you know, marketing as well, of course, but really the kind of document that's accurate research that, um, goes beyond just your typical Sally the sales girl type buyer persona.
0: <laughs> I love that because it it goes so much deeper than just labeling, like you said the 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 sally the the buyer persona. Where do you think that most companies get it wrong when they're starting this process of creating a buyer persona?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of places you can go wrong at the very beginning. So often it's not asking yourself, what assumptions are we making? Um, I, that's one of the first questions I ask key stakeholders before we even begin a project, before I even ask a question outside to an audience member or a customer or a user is, what do you know? What do you need to know, and what do you what what assumptions are you currently making? So really, being able to ask yourself um, what what have we kind of created an echo chamber of, and then um, going out and actually verifying or asking our own users, our own buyers, um, you know, how do you use our product? Why do you use our product? How what do you do with it when you've used it? Um, those kinds of questions are just really important, and they become The insights and the information is invaluable, essentially, to to former marketing and former product development.
0: And so it sounds like we, whenever someone needs I, I guess they, they, they come to you and say we, we need to have a buyer persona created it does it really start with the customer interview because we've actually had uh, Caitlin Burgoyne who, who created the, the the amazing customer clarity call sheets and she says to yeah. start with the importance of the customer interview. It kind of sounds like you know that, that's an important step in your process as well. It, does it really start with the customer interview or do you start with maybe the assumptions that you have?
1: Yeah, so before we begin the research, the research absolutely starts with customer interviews. Um, I do a four-pronged approach to research. So we have our customer interviews, we have surveys, we have digital intelligence analysis and social listening. So all of those things kind of build upon the other one. I don't release a survey to customers until I kind of have spoken to a few and have an idea of what kind of questions are we asking, what kind of people do we need to ask, um, who's qualified to answer these questions where's our audience leaning towards um but yeah customer interviews is the one of the most pivotal ways to really discover not just who your customers are you know everyone says know your customers right know your customers you need to know your customers Um, and i say well really what that means though is that you need to know who your customers are how they behave and why they behave the way they do and you're never going to know the why through a survey or through social listening or through the digital intelligence. The customer interviews is what gets you that deeper layer of insights into why they make the choices they do.
0: So with a lot of, I, I, I would imagine with a lot of companies that they are just sort of going through the motions and maybe they have somewhat of a marketing plan where they post to social media occasionally. Um, but what about the folks who maybe have, uh, don't have a, an established marketing plan yet? Would you say that buyer personas are really where they should start first and foremost and then develop their plan from there?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, obviously, this is my main focus. So I always try not to be um, the hammer to the nail situation and see that buyer personas can fix everything. But if you have nothing, if you're pretty much starting from scratch, um, knowing who your audience is, I mean, I just heard you talk about uh, all of the third party data information that's about to be taken away. um, Your power, the, 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 the bullet, the weapon you have against that is knowing your audience really well, knowing what communities they're in, knowing what language they speak, what kind of words resonate with them, uh, what questions they have. So that the deeper and more insightful you, um, the more, you know, your audience, the better off you're going to be protected against that kind of third party situation where you're not able to just kind of throw up some keywords and some ads and scrape a whole lot of information. This is going to be um, a a really important step, creating your buyer personas. And not just buyer personas that say, well, this is their job title. This is, um, you know, like their cute little name. They're a person like she... Giving them a gender, I feel like, does not does a disservice, honestly, to getting to know your audience with empathy, um, but actually knowing what are their pain points, what are their roles, what are their responsibilities and their relationships, what job are they trying to accomplish with your product, whether you're B2C or B2B. Um, your customers or your users are using your product for something. So if you know what that is, you're going to have a much easier time finding them, resonating with them, attracting them, creating community with them um, than if you're just throwing spaghetti on the wall and trying to see what sticks.
0: And so w- when you're creating these personas, are, what is the leading, I guess, are, are you leading with the, how are you building them, I guess, for, from a demographic standpoint? Are you building them based off of the problem or are you building them based off of the job position? Walk me through sort of, I, I guess, how many personas, I guess, an average company should have, if that's even possible.
1: Yeah. So I always use the job to be done as a filter for the personas. Mm-hmm. That kind of creates the segment. It's the way that I segment the audience is what job are they trying to accomplish? Um, because that does a good thing of kind of, it filters out a lot of unnecessary personas. I've heard people say, um, well, we have 12 buyer personas and they're, they're very certain of this. Um, and so then I ask them like, okay, so are you creating twelve different blog posts? Did you create twelve marketing campaigns? Do you have twelve lead nurturing sequences in your email? Um, and the answer is always no, because who? <laughs> I've never seen anybody who could do twelve of those. Um, so you don't actually twelve buyer personas, right? You're not. You don't have twelve user journeys. Um, so the a, a good way to like filter and reduce that is to really create it through the lens of the job to be done. What are they trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And then once I have that information, I can say, okay what's the average demographic of this audience? So I want to know, you know, 98% of them are male. Sometimes that's the case. Um, But I don't ever say this is Billy, the developer or whatever. Like I don't name them or segment them by their job title or by their uh, demographic. It's always through the filter of that job to be done. Cause it's a more, mm. it's a stronger way to segment your audience. You're not doing it upon something that's wishy-washy, like a job title. When you work for B2B SaaS companies, you see job titles like, you know, the ninja of growth and like the, <laughs> the architect of, engineering or, you know, there's just, they just, people can make up their own titles. So it's almost irrelevant to try to, to group people according to a job title. So that job mm. creates a song, stronger segmentation that allows you to really identify who your people are and what they're trying to do with your product.
0: And so after you, you've gone through the process of, of doing the research of having the interviews and, and, and building those personas, how Quickly, or, or I guess, how long does it take for you to realize if you've done a good job of it or if you've done a terrible job of it?
1: Yeah. So, as far like once you start using it. So for me, right. when I am presenting them to the, the C-suite or the CEOs, um, I always ask first, like what are the questions you need to know? What's going on? How do you, um, what kind of questions do you need to, uh, answers do you need to be successful? And so we run through that and I make sure that the persona answers those questions. And when I start to hear things like, oh my gosh, customer success needs to know that that. They were asking that question last week or, hey, that's going to really inform our next product launch. You just told us this piece of information about what our uh, customers need. And we have a product launch coming up in six months. And they were actually working on a feature yesterday that was about this. Or, oh, I can really see how marketing is going to need to know these things. Um, And the different types of information go into like where, what communities are your Audience showing up in, or um, how do they buy? What is their buyer journey? What price point are they most willing to pay? Um, all different kinds of things. So, really, what I call a best buyer persona is is user or customer research to its fullest. We want to make sure that we are answering your questions, and it becomes successful when. My clients know that they can turn around and immediately put it to use and that they want it to be used across the organization, that it doesn't just become um, a document that sits on the CMOs like Google Drive.
0: And, and so once you, you've you done all of this hard work and you've you started implementing the the, the different uh, marketing campaigns dependent on the buyer personas, is that something that you're building on and that you're continuously adding to those specific buyer personas? Or is it something that has maybe like a six-month shelf life and then you should revisit the whole process over again?
1: Yeah. So I say that um, well, the reason I do um, the buyer persona on Google Slides is because I want it to be the type of document that is consistently iterated on, modified, and built on. So I don't want it to just be like, great, check, we did this check the, mock, the box marketing practice once a year. Now we can put it aside, never look at it again. Um, oh, and then we'll think about it next year. It needs to go on you know, Q4's to-do list. It really mm-hmm. should be um, a practice or, or a, a piece of the culture that's continuously added to talking to your customers, knowing your audience should be um, just basically a, a core part of marketing or product. Somebody in the company needs to be able to uh, take these insights and share them around. Um, so, you know, really I say, you want to make sure that you're refreshing it before you do a product launch, before you have a marketing Mm -hmm. campaign. Um, and at the very least once a year, like at the very least go out, do a little bit of research, a couple interviews. Are we still on the right track? But if you're doing interviews, if you're talking to a customer, one customer a week, you are never going to be slapped in the face with an insight or a shift mm-hmm. in your market that you didn't see coming. You're going to be able to notice these trends coming. You're going to be able to predict them, um, see the subtle nuances that happen. You know, oftentimes when people create these buyer personas, they come to me and they're like, "Well, we have, we did a really good buyer persona, and they did. We just did it five years ago, and we don't think it's relevant anymore. So now we need to kind of." completely start from scratch, which is fine. That's great. That's what I'm here for. I will totally help you do that. Um, but if you were consistently working on that, consistently having those conversations and keeping your ear to the ground with your audience, um, and recording those insights, it would not have been like, we're completely off track now. You're always kind of staying on the same, the same track and and you're able to see the shifts in your market and, and keep a, a close contact with your audience.
0: So, so with most of the companies that are in logistics and freight transportation, the, the the industry that we're in uh, most people or or most of those teams don't have a marketing department. They, it's usually the, the business owner or, or somebody else that, that has, you know, five different things that they have to do throughout the day. How, Mm -hmm. what would you suggest would be the best case for, for managing the buyer personas on a consistent basis when you have a small team and maybe a limited budget?
1: Absolutely. So I have this thing where I say you can really have a buyer persona in one hour a week. If you just get on one call a week... 30 minutes with one customer, record your insights, have that call transcribed and kind of bucket bucket it up. This was a positive note. This was a negative note. um, These were their pain points. If you find a good way to kind to organize that insight for you, um, one call a week with it'll take you longer, right? So it may take you 12 weeks and you're talking to 12 customers. And then finally, you're like, okay, I'm really starting to see patterns. I'm really starting to understand. Um, There's a stat out there that says, if you talk to 20 customers, you've gathered the sentiment of about 90 to 95% of your overall audience. So it doesn't take a lot of phone calls or a lot of research to really get the gist of what your audience is doing and how they behave and why they're behaving the way they are. Um, you just have to get on the phone. So really, you know, one call, some people think, well, we got to do 200 and I don't have time for 200 and who's going to mm-hmm. be able to manage that project. It's too big. Um, and I really just encourage, especially these solo, um, the, the founders where we're really, you're really doing it all one call mm-hmm. a week, one hour, um, focus that time within One quarter, you'll have a really great idea of who your audience is and your buyer persona will come
0: together. I love that. So you're really building it into your entire work week and, and in your work process instead of just trying to tackle it all at once. Now, now for the businesses that maybe have the budget to, to hire someone like you, what would what, what does that time frame look like from when they say, "Okay, we're ready to go. We're going to hire you. You're going to take care of this for us." And what does how long does that process look like? And is that necessarily built into their workday, or is it you know obviously a service that you provide?
1: Yeah. So for me, I like to have one point of contact. Um, and then that point of contact is kind of the one who's going to own it. They're owning the process. So we make sure that I've got all my information together. Um, and from contract signed to buyer persona delivered, it's six to eight weeks. And the variable is how long it takes us to get customers on the phone. Um, I always do 20 user or customer interviews because I feel like that gets us that 90 to 95% sentiment of their overall audience. And that's really what I want to know. Um, And then continuously doing that social listening and that digital intelligence analysis. So within the majority of that, about four weeks of the project is me and my team doing interviews, contacting um, their users, their customers, and then um, once... All of the user interviews are done, or the the customer interviews are done. Then um, that's when that insights come together. That's when I start building this whole deck and really identifying what is the job, what were the pain points, what were the common things we heard over and over again, um, and how many different segments really are there in this audience. And that takes me about two weeks because it's a pretty there's a lot of data, right? Like after you've done social listening and uh, twenty interviews and a survey that sometimes surveys can have anywhere from a hundred to three hundred responses usually. So so, um, but by the time we're done, the, the information that's gathered and presented is just, it, it validates, it answers the questions, and it really informs exactly who your buyers are and how they get to you.
0: And so th- that's great. I mean, within six to eight weeks, you can have this entire, I guess, mapped out journey for your buyers fit- mapped out for you. And then after you you, you say you, you hand that over to to your client, what does that process look like for them afterwards? How are they taking that buyer persona information? And then how should they apply it to their overall marketing plan?
1: Yeah. So the good, the, the interesting thing about being on calls with customers is that there's always at the end of my buyer persona, um, a link to a doc that says recommendations, things that your customers Mm -hmm. want insights, they had, um, ideas for content. So really after I've presented the buyer persona, it's like, here are your next steps. This is how you can create a content marketing plan from this. That's another one of my Mm -hmm. personal services. I'm a content strategist. So that's kind of really easily where my brain goes is, here's how we can use it for content marketing. Here's how you can use it for product development. These kinds of things um, are what they talked about, product improvements or product requests. Um, and really, the, internally, people start seeing different things and they're like, oh, this is how we need to use this. So basically, it becomes this document that when we present it to the entire organization, each different team and each different person, um, who uh, the stakeholder that I interviewed before we began the project has a goal and a perspective that they want to see and that they want to, uh, in a way they want to use the buyer persona. And so they take that and then they're able to run with it and say, okay, here's how, um, you know, product is going to use this information. Um, and it really does inform a lot of like the business decisions, the next, uh, you know, vision, the next quarterly insights, the next goal and strategy for the overall business in general. General.
0: And so with with the new privacy standards that, that have come out with, with iOS 15, I think a lot of marketers have known that this was coming for a while. Does does that impact the 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 process of a buyer persona, if at all, of creating yeah, one and then you know applying those strategies?
1: That's the joy. It doesn't at all because all of my data comes directly from your email um, list, essentially. So you're going to introduce me to the people who we predetermine are probably a good fit. I want to talk to a varying uh, portion of your audience. So for b to c essentially, I want to talk to the people who've purchased a lot of material, a lot of product, people who've purchased an average amount. And people who have not purchased very much at all, um, and so, and then if it's B two B, I say I want to talk to your greatest customers, like the ones who are your biggest fans. They rave about you on social media. They've left uh, you know positive reviews for you all over the place. They've probably referred you out to other vendors or other people they work with. Um, and then I want to talk to those meh customers, right? Like they're there, you know. Maybe, or you may not even recognize who they are because they've signed up and they're working well. Um, And then I want to talk to your worst enemies. I want to talk to the ones who like turned quickly, the ones who left poor reviews or shouted all over Twitter about how awful you were. Um, (laughs) And so it really is all the data that you guys already have. That's already in your system. That's already in your CMS. um, And that's who, how we're going to reach out and talk to the people. Um, So we don't have to worry about, I'm not scraping third-party data the digital intelligence analysis tool I use is called Audience and then AnSpark Toro. So that comes straight from people's Twitter accounts. So I don't even think that is a third-party data. So really, everything that I'm gathering, it comes from your own actual users, your, your buyer personas. We're not creating um, a hypothetical fictional character of who potentially your buyer could be. We're really looking at who your actual buyers are.
0: Now, I mean, obviously, throughout this interview, you're, you're dropping so many different gems. I feel like I'm going to have to go back and take notes on during this entire show in order to make sure that I'm doing the right things as well. So w- with your marketing background and, and, and where you focus a lot of your attention, where are you getting your marketing inspiration from and how are you continuing, I guess, to, to, to build on that inspiration?
1: Oh my goodness. That's a really good question. Um, I, and it's probably going to sound a little cliche, but I love that my Twitter community, like that's mm-hmm. where I find a lot of, um, just really good, smart people doing amazing things. Um, like Michelle Hansen just wrote a book called deploy empathy and it's all about like in-depth research and this whole like really user research focused. Um, and I love, that and so she's inspiring me you mentioned Caitlin Caitlin was a pioneer I feel like she was one of the first to really start really um, advocating for user research and customer conversations in a loud way that um, at least people within the B2B SaaS industry kind of started to take notice and, and figure out that, oh, this is more than just for product. This is more than just for users. This can really um, bleed into marketing. Um, and my inspiration, also the developer community, I do quite a bit of um, work with where the developers are the audience. And so I'm loving going in and looking at how th- this new NFTs, like non-fungible tokens, how these communities, these niche hyperactive, um, communities are getting their word out or educating their customers are promoting this very new idea, um, that, that they're definitely inspirational to me for sure.
0: I love that. And I love that you brought up NFTs because that's something that I just keep hearing about and I see tweets about, and it's one of those things where it's like, Oh God, I don't know if I have the energy to dive into another medium. but that kind of brings me to my next question where the rest of this year we are, we have i think a few three more months until the new year is upon us and obviously that comes Crazy. with you know the, the the baggage of budgeting for the next year so where are you spending your your time and attention for the rest of this year compared to early 2022
1: Oh, yeah. We are at Best Buyer Persona currently working on really establishing our lead generation campaigns. Like, we're redoing our website. We're trying to figure out who are... We're going through our own uh, buyer persona. Who are my best clients? Who are my best customers? And how do we find them? How do we reach them? Um, I feel like that job's never done. And I definitely don't want to be the cobbler with no shoes or the person who just preaches it and then doesn't do it. So we're going through our own buyer persona process uh, a little slower because I am pretty busy doing other people's buyer personas, but that's okay. Right? Like I'm that solar fa- solo founder running a large company or not a large company, but running a company, a service-based company. Um, and with very little help, I have a VA. And so it's really a matter of like prioritizing what needs to be done. So I-, I can definitely relate to your audience in that way. Um, and so it's, it's one call at a time, one, one interview trying to put this piece together, but that is really our focus, like making sure that we have the 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 pieces in place for a lead for an outbound lead gen campaign um, and marketing so that when the new year starts when people's budgets are settled and they are ready to hire and they are ready to um, potentially look into buying buyer personas that our process is smooth and ready to go and and looks clean and and is just efficient
0: i love that because it's such a great place to start as, as we're thinking about those 2022 marketing plans all right adrian where can folks find more of your work
1: yeah, I'm at bestbuyerpersona.com um, and then at Adrian Nicole on Twitter. And then I have a newsletter where we send out one persona tip, a great tool, and then somebody who nailed it um, every other week. So twice a month, it doesn't like blow up your inbox. And that's personas equal people. And that's on the bestbuyerpersona.com website.
0: Awesome. Appreciate your time and insight. So much valuable gems. And thank you, Adrian, so much. And I'll put all those links in the show description so, so folks can find your work easily. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the Learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Bromley, and I will see you real soon.